0: This episode is brought to you by the Accountability Club. Are you struggling to find time to work on your business and need some accountability? The Accountability Club is a space for weight inclusive innovators to dedicate time each month to work on their business. In this space, you'll be in a supportive community with like minded professionals completing those thousand dollar tasks that keep falling to the back burner and are keeping you from leveling up in your business. Registration is now open for our quarter two cohort. That's for April, May, and June of 2023. Come do the work with two monthly co working sessions get support with one monthly group coaching session and be in community through our private Slack channel and weekly check-ins. Head over to weightinclusiveinnovators.com slash accountability dash club to register today. We're in this together to make weight inclusive care more accessible and it starts with our businesses. Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name is Hannah Turnbull
1: and I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk
0: shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it, talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business, the good
1: and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the pod. Today, we're going to be chatting about being told no and how we deal with rejection. But before we dive into today's episode, we're going to check in with Hannah.
0: Hello, Morgan. What were your business highs and lows of the week? Well, I first want to just give a disclaimer. Sorry if I sound nasally. Um, my body decided that I was going to be sick today, and it's so funny because mm-hmm. I was just talking about how I never get sick. Like literally last night, um, I was just saying I feel like people either get really sick this time of year and they're constantly in and out of sickness, or you never get sick. And I was like, I'm someone who never gets sick, and now I'm like, cool. So speaking of highs and lows, that's definitely my low this week. Is I was supposed to fly out to go see my friend for her 30th today. And I pushed my flight to tomorrow because I feel like booty. Like I can't imagine getting on flight right now. So this is my last meeting today. And then I'm going to take a fat ass nap. And I cannot wait. Um it's really hard to want to work whenever you
1: don't feel good. Can I just say what an incredible friend you are that you literally f- are flying out almost back to back weekends. To go hang out with friends for their 30th, birth- their
0: 30th birthdays. Um, yes, I love my friends oh my and God. I want to celebrate them. Yes. I, love I that. went to Houston to see you and then I went to Mexico for a wedding. And then now I'm going to the Northeast to New York to do another 30th. And yeah, maybe that's part of why my immune system's freaking out as well, though. Like all the germs could be, could be. So, lots of germs,
1: lots of flights, lots of friend,
0: festivities. Yes. Yes. All the fun all the germs. (laughs) Um, And my high this week was definitely getting to hang out with the Nourish Colorado team. We're starting to do a get together once a month. We were doing quarterly and we're like, oh, we don't get to see each other enough. So we had a happy hour and it was awesome. Everybody on my team is just incredible. So funny. So personable. Like I always enjoy going to those events and it just feels awesome that everybody wants it. You know, like there's nothing more painful than a workplace where it's like you go to work and you go home and you don't care about the people you work with. And I feel like at my company, it's so different. And it just is such a such a privilege and a treat to to be connected with these awesome humans in that way. So we had some good tapas. You to at- say, where'd you go? What'd you do? Mm-hmm. We had uh, tapas at a Spanish restaurant. So we thought of you. Fitting. So <laughs> fitting, but that's my week. I'm keeping it short because my brain isn't working; it's a little foggy because of all the boogers up there. How's your week? What's your highs and low?
1: Well, as you alluded to,
0: I am in Spain. Whoop whoop! So you know, you jealous
1: with your Spanish tapas. I too have been eating Spanish tapas and drinking wine and beer. I haven't had a cocktail yet; that'll come next. But
0: mm-hmm. how's the beer? Um,
1: it's called Mahou. M A H O U. I don't know if it's actually from Spain, but okay. one of my, it's yeah, it was actually pretty good. One of my friends. Okay. Get this. I matched with a guy on Bumble two years ago in Mexico city <laughs> and we never met up, but we followed each other on social media, texted a little bit through like WhatsApp, went back to Mexico city two more times. And it just like, we would always like text when I was there, but we just like never got a chance to meet up. So I literally, and then he like, like changed his phone number, deleted his Instagram. I think, I don't know, nothing like he kind of like disappeared for a little bit. I land in Spain and I have a friend request. It turns out it's him. And I was like, this is either really weird timing or you've been stalking me for two years. Um, he said that obviously that was a joke. I don't think he's actually been
0: stalking me for two years.
1: said that he was following a, uh, influencer who's like a weight inclusive influencer. And then he remembered that that was the line of work that I was in. And so he looked me up on Instagram with his must've been new Instagram account, And it was literally the day I landed in Spain. And he was like, I'm in Spain. I'm in Madrid. If you come to Madrid, let me know. And I was like, I'm in Madrid. And so then me and. What the fuck? Wait, can we just pause how crazy <laughs> that is? That is fucking insane. The day, wild. The universe is so weird. That is awesome. That is awesome. It was great. So my other high is I actually have a dietetic intern with me. Friend first happened wanted to do a rotation with me. Told her that I could like accommodate her schedule, except for this time that I was going to Spain. And she was like, well, can I go to Spain with you? And I was like, heck yeah, can. So
0: that's the I'm kind of intern about. energy we want. Shout out to Jessica. We love her. Snaps for that. We love that,
1: Jessica. We love that energy. We met up with this guy who happened to have some friends from Mexico City in town visiting him um, and went out for Spanish tapas. He like introduced us. We had our first, our first night here while we were trying to fight jet lag. And then full circle went and hung out back at his apartment and he poured us a little mezcalito to finish off the night for a digestive digestive. And it was from Puebla. Where's your chest at? Oh
0: my God.
1: I know whenever like you weird, weird coincidences all around.
0: Oh, uh, I fucking love. Serendipity and it doesn't surprise me at all that this is happening in other countries. Like that's what I love about getting out of the US is I feel like those moments happen the most when you travel, at least in our experiences. Um, also, fun fact, did you know that well, let me back up for a moment. I was just in Puebla, Mexico, and I was learning about drinks and tequila and things. and did you know tequila can only be called tequila if it's from tequila if it's made in Jalisco? Yes, I did know that. Yes, I did not. Um, and that totally blew my mind. So then I'm like, wait, is Mezcal the same? Like wherever Mezcal's from, or that's maybe it is a tequila, technically same family, but can't be called tequila because it's not from that region. What'd you learn?
1: Oh, I don't Are know. You
0: I'm asking, asking you. you. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> what you that was just like a um, an afterthought I had to myself. Yeah. I, didn't ask yeah so I, I knew tequila could only be
1: made in the, it's like the state of Guanajuato, state of Jalisco. Yeah. Can only be made in the state of Jalisco. I th- so Mezcal originates from Oaxaca, I believe, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling it's probably not as strict of rules since the Mezcal we were drinking was from Puebla and Puebla definitely is not in the state of Oaxaca.
0: It's not. Nope. What happened was I met somebody who the tequila is making like all the tequila companies are making a giant touristy museum mm. out there, not in Puebla, in actually where tequila is from. And she's mm-hmm. an architect on the Ooh. case. Really <gasps> That's cool. cool. I want to meet her. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, I should connect you too. so you can have a eating expedition trip out there. How are you um, planning on it? <laughs> I would love that connection. Oh, perfect. Okay. We'll connect you. Um, but it's going to be fucking awesome. And so we are full circle with full circle tequila and mezcal and all the travels that we I love this for all, all of us doing. love <laughs> it for both
1: of us. Um, so yeah, so that's I mean obviously hi being in Spain, getting to work with this is it's new for me because I usually do like virtual interns. I meet with them like for an hour or thirty minutes twice a week. And so it feels really fun, but Jessica, I've known her for a few years. And so she's had like kind of a front row seat into all my businesses already. So it's just like new all around. I would say my low, while I am so happy I'm in Spain and getting to hang out with Jessica, wonky schedule this week, trying to figure out a new routine, what that looks like. We're six hours ahead from Texas or central time for now, daylight savings is in 10 days and then we'll change again. And so it's just
0: Wait, we just had daylight savings here. Are you talking about in Spain? They'll have their daylight savings. Correct. Fuck.
1: Then we'll go back to being seven hours ahead.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. my
1: god. And so, just not that that is like stressful. It's just like weird and anticipatory. And, um, you know, I had a system that worked for me where, like, I would do calls on Tuesdays and Fridays, and like, I can't really do that anymore because I'm having to accommodate my schedule to allow people to still have access to me via meetings, but it's on, it's just going to like have them on different days and different times because like I had a meeting at three o'clock my time today, which is like, you know, normally kind of ending the work day. And it was nine o'clock where she was 9am. So still trying to figure that out, but Monday's a new day. We'll get it set then.
0: I know that you are a pro at navigating time zones just with working with a lot of people who are all over the US, but this feels kind of next level because usually it's like an hour or two or three in different directions, but six hours and then seven hours, that's going to be like, okay, really going to do the math here.
1: Yeah. But thankfully everything is like also later in Spain. Like their lunch is from two to four. Usually Mm dinner is usually around eight, nine, 10 PM. We're just even, and so that's new too. So just like lots of, lots of different schedule pieces. My other low is that it is currently March 16th while we're recording this. And I have yet to set my March goals. And listen, stressing me out because I'm like, what am I even working towards? And so part of me wants to be like, we're already halfway through the month, like just scrap March and start in April. And I was like, "No, no, because I still have two weeks of work that I have to do and I need some direction with them.
0: I was going to say, what if March is a wash and you use your first two weeks in Spain to just catch up and get organized and get ready for Q2? That's what I would do. Do what you have to do. um, But like, you're going to torture yourself more being in that spiral. And I'm speaking to all of our listeners too, because I'm sure there's people out there that are being like, same March is a weird month. Um, So I'm with you. I'm in a wash a bit as well. I need to look in the accountability club and see like what I committed to for the first quarter. And if I'm even getting that done. Um, Same. and, call, and Ooh, like, yeah, even
1: I messaged you about that, about something in end cause it came mm-hmm. on my mind.
0: So yes, the rest of March might be a wash, but you know what? You're in fucking Spain. So live your best life, catch up on yes. tasks, prepare mm-hmm. for April 1st. I'm talking oh, to myself yeah. as well. I'm just not in Spain. And I'm sad about it. I just,
1: I don't know why March was such a watch, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll do some reflection next week when we have our, um, Ooh, yes. Q1 recap and Q2 projections.
0: Yes. I love those episodes.
1: Are you ready to dive into today's episode? Let's do it.
0: Oh, good old rejection. Oh my gosh. Rejection is like one of the hardest things for me. What about you? It, I feel like it's situational.
1: Mm. There are certain things that I am like, they said no. And it's a sign from the universe that bigger and better things are coming. But then I have to remember that's like real optimistic of me. And sometimes it just like sucks. Like Mm -hmm. there is, there are some things where like, I always try to reframe it in more of like a positive light, but there's just, I, by doing that, I feel like I don't actually like sit in the suck and I need to. Oof.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Did you know that people who are neurodivergent are more sensitive to rejection? There's a, there's a term for it. I don't remember what it is. I didn't know that. I wonder, I wonder kind of what the mechanics are behind that. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's RSD. So it's rejection sensitive dysphoria and Mm -hmm. it, it's suspected to be a thing because of the differences in brain structure. And I think it goes back to, um, When Speaking of neurodivergence and ADHD specifically, it's really hard um, when you get dysregulated to regulate your emotions. And so rejection really sends you into that spiral. Mm. And so that's where the sensitivity and the dysphoria comes in of like, not in a gaslighting way to yourself of this rejection isn't as bad as you think, but truly like sometimes the way you feel it, it isn't as bad as your brain chemistry is making it to be. Mm. Interesting. I, I could see that. I feel
1: like I like kind of go, I feel like the, the optimism, my optimistic self and that like kind of negate each other and can, I, there are different scenarios. Like I said, I think it's, it's pretty situational when it comes to like how I feel with rejection. My default is being so optimistic and just knowing and assuming and thinking that that's this is good for me because this is what the universe wants for me. And I can handle that. And, uh, (laughs) it's really great in the moment of getting through it, but then like, I never actually like process through Mm -hmm. the actual rejection. And so then like, I think when like small things add up, like that shame piece of being rejected, like hits real hard.
0: Yes. When you were speaking about that, I was trying to Bring myself back to a place where I I felt rejected, and this might be jumping all over the place a little bit, but this was a, a personal life thing that I remember feeling so fucking rejected. Um, whenever I was looking at buying a condo, I found a place that was three blocks from my office. I loved it. It was a two bedroom. It was perfect. It was right in my price range, and I bid like ten thousand dollars over because I wanted it so bad, and I. I really thought in my heart, and this is my optimism. I was like, I'm for sure going to get this place. This place was made for me. Like everything about it is perfect. And then somebody bought me out, like bought it cash offer. So they paid full cash for the place and paid $10,000 more than I had offered. And I was fucking devastated. Like that rejection felt like it stabbed me and turned the sword And I was like, I'm never going to find a place. And I don't remember feeling that level of rejected about anything else in my life, maybe breakups sometimes. But I just, I remember I can bring myself back to that moment and feel it in my body of just the devastation and the disappointment, which now I'm like, I have an even better place and it's awesome. Things do work out. The universe has different things for you. Also, like things will just be different. Yeah, but it's rejection can be so fucking painful. And it sounds like for you, your version of rejection is like, I'm not going to feel these feelings. Like, let's look at the silver lining. Well, and not to bring
1: in, not to bring in like too much personal stuff for this too. But like you said, breakups and like, (laughs) I have never been broken up with, I have always been the one to end things. And I think part of that is like fear of being rejected. Mm. Don't worry, I'm working through it, I'm aware of it, talking to people about yeah. it. But that is like a big piece of rejection. And I think that also is like that that feels very in alignment, for better or for worse, with like how I feel about rejection related to like business stuff too. Mm-hmm. Of like, mm, like that's not the right, that's not the best thing for me. So we're not gonna call it no's, we're not gonna call it failures, we're not gonna call it rejections, we're just gonna pivot.
0: Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. The next thing, which I think is also okay and valid to do as well. Whenever you were speaking about wanting to be the one to reject first, I fall into that a lot. Um, in a sense of, I want to be the one making decisions and have the power. Like that's a big, theme Mm -hmm. for me in general of just like, I'm going to do this before you do this to me, or like, I want to be the one making this decision. And if you're the one rejecting me, that means you have the power and that can feel so triggering for me. Oh yeah. Feel that. Feel that. How do you deal with it? (laughs) I don't No, I'm just kidding. Um, I wanted to make that distinction though, because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people read a story and I, it's a common story. And I know I do sometimes as well, not as often. Mine's more about the power thing. I think some people internalize rejection. as like, I suck. I'm the problem. I'm bad. I'm never going to be able to do this X, Y, Z for me. What do they think of me now? Who do other people, yes. like, what do others
1: think about me? Because I got told no for this opportunity.
0: Yes, exactly. For me, it's more of like, I don't get to do the thing I wanted, or I don't get the thing I wanted. And that takes away power from me. And that sucks.
1: There's definitely like a power piece there. And I think like, that's been something that has for sure held me back actually from doing like the fear of rejection has held me back from doing things in my business or like even announcing things in my business. Like, I don't want to say to the world that I'm like starting this new program or have this new offering. And then like, no one bites, no one signs up, no one does anything. And then I have to come back and be like, Ooh, like. That's embarrassing that Mm. I put this thing out in the world and people told like people like silence, silence was a form of rejection for that.
0: Oof, oof. I feel like you just opened like a Pandora's box because that is like some real rejection we all face in our businesses. Do you think that's worse than the actual rejection or do you think people don't even let themselves go there to put themselves in a position to be rejected to know?
1: Yes. And (laughs) Both and Both I and. think one of my superpowers, and I think this is yours too, is being like so optimistic, such a go-getter that we just like do it. <laughs> and I think and and like we put it out there, and then we're like, oh, like maybe I should have thought through that a little bit more before I like mm-hmm. put it out there first. For us, maybe that like actual rejection of like putting an offer out, seeing what sticks is is a little bit more prominent. But I, I could also see like being paralyzed from fear of rejection that it like prohibits you from actually like doing the thing. Yeah. For example, exactly. the reason that we're talking about this today is because you and I were recently rejected.
0: Womp lump.
1: Hannah and I submitted a proposal to Fancy. It was it was such a catchy title. It was have your cake and eat it too, bringing your RD skill set into your life as an entrepreneur, or something like that.
0: Something like that.
1: And we got the email earlier this week that we were uh, not chosen, but highly encouraged to apply for the Minneapolis C. Uh,
0: okay, listen. This rejection doesn't feel too bad because fuck the yeah. academy one <laughs> and two. They probably looked us up and saw that we were weight inclusive and they were like, mm, no, let's keep, uh, let's keep doing the diet thing. Yeah.
1: That was my first thought too. I was like, they probably looked us up and saw that we had the words weight inclusive in our title. And they were like, mm.
0: mm-hmm. it's whatever, yeah. um, it's whatever. it would have been an awesome talk. We'll find somewhere else to talk. We always do. And it's still like, I mean, it still sucks. it's
1: like, we it's like we don't have a podcast or anything where we can just talk about whatever we want.
0: <laughs> that's true. We will come here. We will always Mondays. find a place to talk <laughs> Tell your friends, yeah, it still sucks because i it's almost the what if the missing out mm-hmm. the fomo you oh, and I are FOMO. fomo of just who could we have gotten in front of and talked to, who could have found us and heard us, and like. You know, brought them into our bigger mission around weight inclusive care and making that accessible. So, you know, that's the part that sucks. It's not the like, Fancy rejected us and that hurts because come on, but it's more of like the opportunity missed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. I know. I was like, and I also feel like you and I kind of, especially with things we do together, like feed off each other. Like I sent you the screenshot of it. I don't know if you did they send you an email too? No. Oh, they didn't. No. I think it's because I had to like create my account anyway. So I sent you the screenshot and I was like anticipatory of what your response was going to be. And you're like, meh. And I was like, yeah, meh. <laughs>
0: <fine>. <laughs> I also feel like we were scrambling a little bit last minute oh and my God, I we submitted I, I, it the
1: last day.
0: Yep. Yeah, and we do really well under pressure like that, but maybe they were just like, hmm, this isn't research based on- I don't know. We don't fucking know. I wish they'd give feedback though. That would be great so that we know, but it would be. Maybe we'll record that talk for, uh, something with the weight inclusive innovators.
1: Ooh, we could totally do that. We had a nice little outline and everything we do.
0: Yep. Um, (laughs) but yes, but fancy rejected us and it's okay.
1: Being rejected by fancy got us one thinking about this topic because Uh, no one would have known that we applied to fancy and got rejected unless we talked about it. And that's super valid, right? Like there are some things that like, you don't have to tell the world, everything that you're doing, that is okay. You can keep that rejection to yourself. And it just got us thinking about all of the times that we've been told no and different scenarios, bringing it back to where I said in the beginning, it's situational, different scenarios, bring up different responses. They can open up old wounds. And we uh, are just going to chat about the times that we've been rejected and (laughs) (laughs) how we handled it.
0: I've been rejected a lot. Um, Hey, go back to the phrase go big or go home, right? That's right. Um, Not to bring kindergarten uh, posters into our podcast (laughs) again, but you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Michael Jordan taught me that. Anyway. Okay. So I, when I think about rejection, I was kind of thinking my adult life and kind of around when I was becoming a dietitian and forward. So trust me, there's been way many more times of rejection and my brain probably blocked them out because trauma response. Um, But (laughs) These aren't in like an order either, but the ones that kind of popped into mind for this episode was whenever I applied to treatment centers for my first job in Denver Um, I got just straight up rejected from ERC. They didn't want to hire me, which like I've talked about before, it's probably, well, one, because I was new and two, because I was like, well, I'm going to do this while I have a private practice. And so totally makes sense that they wouldn't hire me. Um, I also got rejected from another treatment center, even though they offered me the job, but then they were trying to pay me like $20 an hour, which is ridiculous. (laughs) And I was like, for a PRN position. And I was like, no, I won't be doing that. And that's when I worked at the ice cream shop because I made more money doing that. Wild. Absolutely. So they rejected me because I didn't accept their pay. So maybe I rejected them as well. Uh, During grad school, I've actually, they had this really cool leadership coaching program where you get 10 hours free of coaching. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I know how expensive that shit is. I do it. And, um, I was like, this is so awesome. I'd love to be coached by somebody outside of our industry just for a different experience. And they rejected me and I was like, damn, but that's because they're doing a beta round and they only had like 10 spots, but actually they reached out recently and I got a spot for the fall. So All right. that one came full circle and I'm really excited because by then, um, I'm hoping to be cured from my. <laughs> my grad school burnout and be able to engage in that coaching properly and like get some really good feedback and support. So I have not rejected the second time. So that's good. I've also been rejected from insurance, asking for a fee increase or asking to be a network. And they're like, no. And I'm like fucking fine, I guess. So that's a way people probably often get rejected in, in our working world. Um, in grad school, I also, whenever I took stats, my B that I got in that class. I totally fucked up an assignment because it was hard. And I asked if I could redo it. And the teacher was like, well, no, because that's not fair to other students, which I understand, but I'm like, the other students don't have to redo an assignment. Like, but I get it. It's fine. It's fine. But I felt really salty towards this professor because I was like, seriously, I'm offering to do more work or like another assignment, but it's fine. I needed that B. It took the pressure off. I also have been rejected in the client space, whether it's eating disorder clients or business coaching clients where people don't move forward with working with me, whether they think I'm not a good fit, which is true. I'm not a good fit for everybody. I am a special breed of someone. Um, I, I feel like I'm not for everybody, but that is I'm rejected often, whether it's for price or for fit, that's common. And then Um, we, we tried to do meal support groups at nourished, which I did not market very well for. And it was right at the beginning of the pandemic and we didn't end up moving forward because we didn't have anybody sign up. We were rejected by the community. So womp, womp.
1: What did that look like the marketing piece? Like what did you do to market (laughs) it?
0: (laughs) Of course you would ask this. Just curious. Um, Pretty much not a lot. So that's part of it. (laughs) But
1: like sending out a few emails.
0: That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I feel like our industry needs a crash course on marketing things um, Mm -hmm. because sending emails is not enough, but that's what we all do, right?
1: Oh my God. I literally sent for the heads conference. I sent 98 individualized emails, had a template, but changed out their name. Every single one telling saying like, Hey, you're a member of heads. Please register for this conference. I think maybe two people maybe two people signed up from that.
0: Damn. How did the rest of them find you or sign up?
1: Uh, Well, so that was just of like, those were the people, there were already some members who had registered. Okay. It was like okay. our final push of like, hey, you're part of this organization. We're having a conference.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So that's a lot of
1: rejection. <laughs> a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. I see, I don't view that as rejection though, because they're the ones missing out. That's right. You tell them. I'm first going to start with one that had the potential to be a rejection. And I was told by my boss that it should have been a rejection, but then I was so persistent that it ended up not being a rejection. (laughs) Um, So it was my, it was my very first job ever working for the athletic department of my university. So I had gone in for the interview. I thought it went well, maybe, I don't know. I was a freshman in college. Who knows how those interviews actually go. And I probably sent him for follow-up emails, like nudges being like, Hey, following up. Cause I think he had told me like, you know, reach out to me later in the summer, whenever we're about to start two days or whatever. And so I was like, and I think that was his way of being like, I'll tell this girl to do this and she's not going to follow through with it. <laughs> I
0: really wanted that job. Honestly, I do that shit to people. Yeah. Um, and mostly like hiring clinicians at nourish, but it's not in a like mean way of like, I want to detract them and they're not going to reach out, but I want to know like, Hey, if you really want this, we're not hiring right now, reach out at this time. And I've had people do it and I've had people be persistent and that's the kind of energy I want. So that's like a good tactic to be honest. Well, I had a job there for five years, so it was great. <laughs> Yay. And see it yeah, showed actually... like that yeah. you wanted to be there.
1: Totally, totally had a, had a huge learning curve, had to call my brother right after I left that interview and asked him what two days were, had no clue. <laughs> it's where they practice twice a day in case anyone wants to know <laughs> two a day makes sense. Right.
0: And if you didn't um, know, let us know. So Morgan can feel better.
1: <laughs> I quickly, I quickly learned what it was and that was like a whole new world. Anyway, I realized I didn't want to be a sports dietitian through that though. So, you know, yeah.
0: Um, side note, did you get to take home as many bars and snacks as you wanted from the athletic center off record? Yes. I did the same.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I have, there's, there were some great, great times there. We got to, yeah, we got to have bars. Um, I was making 14 loaves of PV and J's a day, 120 smoothies a day. Like it was intense. It was great though. I loved it anyway, beside the point. Was going was supposed to be rejected and didn't allow that to happen. Um, don't know if I would recommend that for every situation, but worked out well for little 18-year-old, 19-year-old Morgan. So another time I got rejected was I had actually so i finished my internship, went to Italy, applied for a job, um, really liked the team. I'd actually done part of my internship with this team. It was a, a school food service system. Um, it was actually the school district that I grew up in, so it felt like really close to home. Um, and it was full circle. And so I applied for this job and I got an email saying like, you know, we'd love to do an interview. And it was like two weeks after I moved to Italy and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm in Italy until the end of May. So can we like do a Zoom interview? And they're like, no, it has to be in person. And I was like, I am not about to fly home. Fuck no. For this interview. Um and so that was definitely rejection. And it was like it was like rejection of my first like big girl RD job, mm. but was like Italy school district,
0: Italy school district.
1: You know, I had yep. to had to, I really used my values in that moment to make decisions. <laughs>
0: the choice About is very how I clear to me. To yeah to be honest. Yeah. Italy obvi. Avi. I
1: have put out a handful of live webinars. I haven't done this in a while, but whenever I was like first starting my business and was wanting to grow my email list and connect with people and do all that, I was like, join me for this live webinar and training. Join me for this live webinar and training. I, if I, if I had to put a number to it, I probably put together like seven or eight. And I think only one of them, I had one person sign up for Damn. And she ended up getting like a free business coaching session from it because I was like, well, you're the only one here. So ask away. Happy to share anything. <laughs> um, but those, I mean, again, those are things that I like had never really talked about. And also like a small enough thing that people weren't going to like reach back out and be like, hey, whatever happened with that one random webinar that
0: you
1: were hosting? <laughs> um, Could you imagine? Not such. Not such a small thing is the eating expedition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I did this way too impulsively. I was bitter that I had to cancel my first trip because of COVID. And I just like was itching to get something started for the eating expedition that I planned three events, um, for like a kickoff month. Mm-hmm. And I only planned them like 30 to 45 days before they were actually happening. And so they just like, weren't really well thought out. And I had so many people telling me like, this is such a good idea. You're going to do such great things. This is incredible. I'd love to go on a trip with you. Like all of these things, um, from like my close network. And I realized after launching those events that just because someone's excited for me, doesn't mean they're going to purchase something from me.
0: Mm mm
1: mm-hmm. so and it makes sense it
0: feels like di- rejection
1: it totally it, feels feel, like- it felt like rejection and then you know I've done some reflection on it and I was like ah, I was probably relying too much on my close network like that was unfair of me but like in the moment like yeah it felt like rejection and it sucked mm-hmm. um similar to you with like clients not moving forward I've definitely had plenty of discovery calls um and clients not wanting or clinicians not wanting to work together most of it is due to pricing. I had a business coaching call once and my business coach asked, and this is my prices. Like it was like the first year or two of my business and my business coaching or my business coach asked what percentage of your discovery calls turn into clients. And I was like, hair flip almost a percent. And she goes, mm, yeah, that should be closer to like 20 to 30%. You need to raise your prices. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Noted. Um, and so that felt really validating. I still carry that with me now. And so like, it's one of those things where like, I'm working on building other offerings that are going to be more accessible at different price points, but in terms of like direct one-on-one work together, like my time and experience is valuable. 100%. So I'm going to price it that way.
0: Yep. Yep. And, um, you have to go through that time of yeah. not being rejected and everybody accepting to get the experience you need to get to that point totally. where it's like you should be rejected or else like, what does that mean? Right. Exactly. Your prices are low. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I remember just kind of like in my,
1: like, kind of like you professional adult life was uh, there was an organization that I uh, thought I would be a really good speaker at to talk about like online presence, marketing business things. Um, and so I submitted a proposal and then got told like, thanks for your proposal. We only want presentations related to like the clinical aspects of being a provider, which is really interesting because since then they've reached out and asked if I was interested. We were interested actually mm-hmm. in doing a presentation that we were encouraged to submit a proposal. So I wonder if they went back and revised some things, but absolutely, They're in that process. one kind of sucked because that, that community. I've actually done a lot of work with client with clinicians in that community. And so, you know, I'm thankful for, for my connection with them, but I was like, that just like, that felt like a really good way to also be able to like, give back to them and say like, thank you for working with me. And like, here's more things that I would love to share with you to like further y'all's businesses and yeah. Yeah. But rejection
0: rejection. And I'm sure there's thousands more ways that our brains oh, just totally. are remembering. Um, like one I just thought of was I wasn't even eligible to apply to the dietetics program my first year because I had switched late and my grades weren't good enough. Um, had a rocky start that transition was hard. So that was rejection of like, you can't even apply to this. I didn't even apply to get rejected. It's like rejected before I even could the rejected opportunity. Before Yeah, the opportunity was taken away Um, and it worked out fine. And I think that's one of the one of the takeaways when we think about, you know, taking care of yourself after rejection is letting yourself feel your feelings, know that there are other opportunities and not in a way to gaslight you of like, don't feel bad, there will be more. But just objectively, there are so many things that are happening all the time. And there will be something for you, but feel your feelings about it because rejection fucking sucks. And it's just so embedded in shame and like not feeling good about yourself. And we all fucking get rejected. All of us, every single one. How do you take care of yourself whenever you've been rejected or told no? I like to talk it out a little bit. Once I've processed it a bit, I'm a, I'm an internal processor at first, Mm. Um. And then I want to just like, blah. And usually I want to do that with a close friend or my partner. Sometimes I really like talking about it outside. Like if it's a work-related thing, I want to talk about it outside of people who are in the space because it gives me more perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And then other times I want to talk about it with people in the space who understand and like can be in the suck too and be like, yeah, I totally get that opportunity. Would have been awesome. And I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty similar. I usually don't have that like initial internal processing. I like immediately want to talk it out with someone, um, which is good and bad. My friends know this about me and, and I usually I've gotten better where I ask them like, Hey, this thing happened. Do you have, do you have the ability to hold space for me right now?
0: Oh, you always do that so well. I don't feel like you ever, at least in my experience of you, I don't ever feel like you're like, Oh my God, this happened. You're always very consented, like asking yeah. for consent of like, "Can do you have space to hold this? Yes. And-, and, I'm going to keep, and I'm going to keep calling someone until they tell me that they do <laughs> until someone has space. Who the fuck has space right now to hold someone this call back?
1: <laughs> I love my friends so much. And I, I'm very thankful, very thankful for them in that, in that way, but it definitely helps me. Um, I usually feel a lot less anxious just getting to like, like, just say it, speak it out loud, get out in the universe, yep. get out of my head. Yep. Um, It always feels really good. And then after reading the book burnout, I feel like I kind of apply some of those principles to a lot of things in my life. There is something that feels stressful about rejection, internalized shame, how you think other people are going to view you like just lots of things that come with it. And so I always do something to complete that stress cycle. Whenever I am told no, or get rejection, usually it's like, putting on some good music and going for a walk outside. And um, sometimes it's a little more intense. Like if it, like, if it's a rejection that like really hurt. And I was like, man, like I was re- like really bummed out, that I didn't get that. Um, it might look like something a little more intense of like, you know, going to a boxing class to like hit some things, but
0: punch something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that, that's always, that's kind of just like my ritual. I'm like, I'll call someone and then I'll go do some sort of like movement or even crying completes the stress cycle I love crying. I think crying releases some really awesome emotions, especially related to rejection, because it just feels very natural to cry when you get rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and usually, and then of course it all usually ends up in therapy session with me to like continue to make sure that I have like processed it all, that I'm not avoiding it because I'm such an avoider of hard emotions that yep. Um, sometimes I need other people to be like,
0: mm, not quite Morgan. You haven't fully felt that yet. Yeah you blew my mind. I think it was a few, I don't remember. Actually, it was probably on the podcast. Sometimes I forget we're recording, but you told me something along the lines of your therapist saying, are you resonating with like, you will intellectualize your feelings before you feel them. Like you would much rather yes. do that. And I'm the same way. And I think with rejection that shows up. Cause I'm just like, okay, this makes sense. X, Y, and Z happened. And here's the steps forward. And I think our brains have to do that first. And then let the feelings come hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: It was actually, I, <laughs> I um, did talk to my therapist about that. It actually came from a, uh, Instagram post that I had saved. We were Love that. About sevens are really good about intellect intellectual, intellectualizing Is that a word intellectualizing. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird word. Intellectualizing their feelings before they feel them. And I am. Yeah. I'm really good at talking about my feelings and avoiding actually feeling them. So cheers to that.
0: Same <laughs> If you've been rejected recently and you want to like dump in our inbox or want support, like, please tell us because we want to hear it. And also, if you've been rejected recently, we fucking love you We're sorry, feel your feelings around it. Rejection is normal. Rejection means you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone. And whether it's a direct rejection of you put yourself out there and then we're told no, or you did something and there was no engagement, your feelings are valid. Happens to all of us. And even- as you grow, even as you become more successful in your business, whatever that means for you, that piece is not going to go away. Let yourself be uncomfy. Don't let it hold you back. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your pod. Please leave us a rating and review, share with a business bestie, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. Don't forget to join Q2 of the Accountability Club to get shit done in your business. See you next week. Bye.